Disclaimer. The views expressed on this episode of Perspective Platoon with Pratik are solely the opinions of the host and the guest. The content of the conversation is not reflective of the institutions or establishments mentioned therein. Take all these opinions with a pinch of salt and a dash of lime if needed. Hey Precious, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm done with the semester, so, you know, I'm relieved. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Uh, sure. Before we get started, if you could let everybody know who you are, what you do, any future aspirations, likes, dislikes, anything and everything you're comfortable sharing. All right. So, my name is Precious Kameni. I'm an international student from Cameroon. I go to UCO, University of Central Oklahoma. Um, so that's it. Um, what do I do for work? I do a little bit of everything, but okay, I'm a dancer. I love to dance. That's not work. That's a hobby. That I'm hoping it can become something big uh, that I do full time, but I'm a dancer. So that's one of them. I currently have an internship at a company called InfoSync where I'm like a revenue specialist, kind of like an accounting role. So yeah, that's what I've been doing pretty much. And what else? I mean, I'm a member. Anything, any future aspirations or likes in everyday life, things that you don't like in everyday life, stuff like that. Okay, okay. so I am a member of the African Student Association. Um, Okay, any future aspirations? I am doing MIS. My goal with MIS is to get a tech job, maybe become like a software engineer or a database administrator and be able to work from home. That's... I don't want to have to go to work every day. Or maybe like, you know, have a hybrid schedule. And another goal of mine would be to have like a dance, I don't know, I don't know, dance studio where I like to teach people how to dance African more. So that is like a dream of mine that I really you know, like to to, to be able to use social media to make to, to make a living. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Does that sort of uh, interest of wanting to work from home kind of, do you think it'll make it easier for you to pursue your dance career even more? Well, I know like working from home, you still have to get the work done, but I mean, it takes up the commute. So that could be time you can put towards content creation and just, you know, it gives you more, a little bit more time on your hands to like maybe create or learn a new dance move. So yeah, I think it's going to facilitate to be able to do both. Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you're saying and like from the perspective of time management, it makes it a lot more easier for you to manage your time better and dedicate it to multiple things rather than losing about an hour to two hours and just traveling to and from work. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. I see what you're saying. <laughs> but do yeah. you feel like you developed that interest in work from home after we've been through the past two years? Yes, most definitely. Seeing a lot of people. I mean, some jobs, like let's say you work at a warehouse or you were a nurse or doctor, you really can. You have to go in. But it really stemmed up during COVID. I it, it made us see like we don't have to have a physical location. We can literally work from home, and that saves costs for everybody. You know, gas that saves the cost of gas for like the corporate for for like the workers, and then cost of like owning a building for the company. So, but I mean, it really it really came to mind because it was a big luxury before COVID. But after COVID, it's like the new what's up. Like if you're not working remote, then 
was happening. So. Mm. so do you feel like we're headed in that direction where we're going to be in a workforce that mainly works from home? Uh, there's a 50-50 because I also like pay attention to the news and I see they talk about like they want people to go back to work. Now, I don't know how that works for the economy. Maybe having a physical location is more beneficial to the corporation and the government, but I'm seeing they're pushing for people to like, kind of go back to work. But from the way I'm looking at it, it's cheaper. People don't have to go into the office. You don't have to pay no electricity. Like I'm seeing, I'm looking at the cost and the savings. So, I mean, if you just ask me, not looking at any news reports and anything, I think it's the way forward. A lot of people are leaving, like, the fast food chain. I'm, there's, like, a deficiency in, like, wage, waiters and waitresses. Like, we don't have this. Everybody just wants to get, like, a tech job or some kind of job where they can work from home because it's, like, more convenient. And then if you have, like, a baby or a new mom, it's, like, really convenient because, you know, you're able to not spend as much on daycare. You can literally, like, take care of them and still get your work done. Your work done so mm. yeah so i do see what you're saying yeah go ahead sorry to interrupt you go no ahead. you're good i should have i was getting done <laughs> oh it's okay it's okay uh i was just gonna say i do see what you're saying but i think the challenging part is that there's still a lot of jobs that require physical sort of presence i suppose to where you know, like factory jobs or like fast food, for example, and things like that. Mm-hmm. They require people to be present in those places, yeah, at least for true. the next 30 to 40 years. So, so we get some you know, I think, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how far we are or how near we are to that time where there's just robots doing everything. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting point you make because while everybody might want to do, might want to work from home, I don't think we live in a time where it's entirely possible just yet. So it's yeah, probably going to take a little time for us to get there. That's true. What you said is facts. But, you know, it's going to take time because, you know, we need people, sadly, we need people like, you know, working. Uh, we eat a lot of fast food here in the U.S. So we do need people like working at fast food chains and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. And it, it's not just fast food chains. It can be a lot of different things like, you know, be it uh, working in a factory, be it like right now, like Amazon workers, for example. Unfortunately, sure. I don't want to get get into this side of things, but you know, unfortunately, <laughs> those, those are some of the low wage earners too. So I don't not know what that says about society. Not, not necessarily. fully. Yes. For for the I don't know for the retail part of it. Yes, they still want up the pay to what it's supposed to be. That's why people don't want to work because it's. I think retail is really stressful. Like working in retail, you have to deal with attitude. There's a lot of stuff to that you have to deal with. I feel like they're being underpaid. Honestly, because there's a lot that comes with it, you know, handling that attitude, and you know, it's it's more, it's a little bit more difficult, I would say. Um, but like, if you work in the warehouses, like Amazon and Hobby Lobby, those are the most popular I know. They pay them pretty good, you know. It's it's tedious work, so they they pay them pretty good. We're looking at seventeen to like twenty, mm-hmm. so they're not underpaid, from what I'll say. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I think, um, I don't know if you've come across this. And I mean, I don't want to delve too much into this, but we can maybe talk about something else in a bit. But I was just interested in bringing this up. I don't know if you've heard about this, but some Amazon workers, there are stories of some Amazon workers uh, having to go through really like adverse sort of conditions in terms of um, meeting certain time constraints. So Mm -hmm. to make sure that they deliver like, I'm just using a random example. Yeah. Uh, to sort of mention what I'm trying to like this incident. Yeah. 
they have to deliver like 10 different deliveries in like a span of an hour but if they don't you know that 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 affects them in some way so to make sure that they meet their deadlines there's stories out there of people like you know being in bottles or like pooping in bags and things like that so that's like i guess the dark side of it yeah. um of like the amazon world so maybe yeah. they're paid more yes but you know i guess yeah. that's I also a thing that Some yeah i guess you can right so that's maybe a question that some people might ask of it but anyway yeah. uh transitioning into more about you <laughs> Uh you mentioned that you're interested in dance and wanting to turn that into a career and like an avenue for making money through content creation and social media. Yeah. What's your earliest memory of being interested in dancing? That's a good question. I haven't thought about it in a while. I'm a bit older now. Um um I remember since from when I was young um you know like they would just be like I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I just feel like since I was a little girl and like whenever they play, play a good song and it's pretty good like I wasn't shy like I'll come up and dance and like they kind of knew me. I always like stood up. I'm like that's a good question but I don't really remember. But I know I've loved dance for the for the longest like even if I don't stand up I'll be dead moving on my seat so I'll be like bopping to the music. So yeah, well since I was little I've, I I have danced. Maybe mm. not on the platform like Instagram or whatever, but just at home or at parties. Do you feel like it was an influence from the people around you or from your culture or from TV, for example? Hmm. Well, you're asking me a lot of questions I have to think about <laughs> from the people around me. I'm just curious. I'm just yeah, I- I'm thinking yeah. too because I have to go back in memory. I'm like, oh my god. Um, so. I think it was from TV and I had a brother. I have an older brother and he used to I mean he doesn't dance anymore because he went to med school and all that good stuff, but I used to dance with my brother and I mean my mom wasn't really much of a dancer, but I know like everyone who's pretty much my age was a dancer. You know, we used to love to dance. So I had my brother, we always danced together. We had like a channel called Trace TV back home and you know, they play like really good songs and you know, we used to just vibe dance together so that's what I remember but I know my mom wasn't much of a dancer she was way older um but I know like my immediate my cousins were like my age range we we used to dance together yeah awesome awesome yeah i mean like those memories of i guess um dancing at like certain parties or events do they stay with you oh yeah they do they do they do i mean i was a little shy kid So I will dance more at home than at parties, but at parties like whenever it was like the general time, not like I would perform or anything. When it was like time for everybody, like when they say the dance floor is open, I would go on there and I like that was always the part I waited for just to go on there and like you know have fun and like just you know have fun. But it was not more I wasn't thinking of it like as a way to make money or anything, but just a way to have fun. Like I would dance with my cousins and my sisters. So yeah. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um transitioning more into sort of what you said earlier about wanting to turn this into a career of some sorts and making income through it. Um why do you I guess the first question I could ask is what makes you want to choose that as an avenue? Well, because I'm looking at other people on the internet like I mean 
they're better dancers than me overall dancers and i'm seeing what they're doing and how they're leveling up like growing up in the african community it's always been like initially if you got a chance to come abroad to the u.s always been like become a doctor become a nurse you know just like what everybody knows a lawyer like the the white co- the white collar jobs like what everybody knows but like seeing dancers people being able to break through with dance is just like really phenomenal and knowing that they even make more money than the people with the white collar jobs you know it's like it's more like insane that that's like i see, like there's a girl called just knife on instagram and she created like a dance routine and that routine trended I'm telling you for months like every time i got on my instagram i saw people doing her dance move and i was like isn't this cool and like dance is just something that like makes i mean not everybody i don't say everybody uh, makes most people happy you know just seeing someone on there like vibing to a good song because what is a song without the dancer nothing that's what i'll say the dancers bring the song to life so just being able to see that you know we're breaking back we're breaking past those stereotypes and seeing dancers being able to break through african dancers you know our african music is is being put out there because before it wasn't it was more like disregarded and you know this put to the side but it's like it's gaining center stage seeing african dance routines like take over the internet everyone's doing it it's just like phenomenal and i'm just like if if they give me hope and that's that's what pushed me you know to want to do like to be a to make dancing like a thing african dance mm-hmm. i see i see do you think like um in a good way this is probably one of the positives of social media and how it's brought out this space where people can show off their culture like in your case show off your your roots of dance and such Yeah, I mean, Afri- social media has its pros and cons, but this has been one of the big pros where we're able to see cultures from all over the world because I'll say the African dance I'm talking about is limited to like West African, but there's like East African, Central Africa, which different kinds of dance and social media gives us like that avenue of that platform to be able to see all these. So while I'm living in the Amer- in the US, I can ex- I'm able to experience like all these beautiful culture just because of social media. Yeah, yeah. Since you mentioned the fact that social media has its pros and cons, I'm curious to get your perspective on this. Um, what do you see as some like major negatives of social media? Ugh, there's a long list. Just just the way I feel the pros and the cons. There's a long list on either side. You know, it leads people to like compare themselves to, to each other. not to be like content content because you get on social media you see like an influencer you see i don't know whoever you look at but you see them and they're living lavish and they have all the burkin you know it kind of leads it, it has a lot like at least people to depression and like it just has a lot of like i feel like you have to be really mentally strong to be on social media to not be like you know carried away with because there's a lot of like there's a lot of fake like i don't say Well, yeah, I'll say fake. You know, not everything that you see is real, or not everything that is gold is, you know, that glitters. You know, I don't know if I said that right, but you just—it has a lot of downsides. You know, it—it it can cause you to compare yourself. It can make you feel like you're behind. Let's say you're like you're twenty. I'm twenty-two years old, and I'm gonna see a twenty-two-year-old who like owns a company, has the Louis Vuitton. You know, has. the better the upper hand in life and i'm going to be looking at myself if i wasn't like mentally strong i'll be like 
why can't I have that? Even me as a mentally strong, sometimes you get you get your face with that. But you know what I decided to do is I'm like I've had enough social media for the day and I get off. And I just always remind myself like what if just because you see it doesn't mean that's how it is behind the scenes. So that's what I always try to tell myself because many times has been proven that like just because it looks a certain way, it's a brand, it's branded, doesn't mean that that's how it is on the regular. So, but I don't know if I really answered your question, but there's a lot. I just listed a few that would lead to like comparison, negative self-talk, depression. I have I know a few people who do not use social media. You know, I was talking to this one girl, and she was like, she doesn't have social media. I was like, wow. In a world of social media, you don't have social media. It's just really crazy, but it really sets them apart, too. So. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You did kind of saying, and I, you did kind of answer the question. Um, but I do want to ask, again, I just want to see how you think about this. Um, why do you think people compare themselves to each other, be it through social, social media, excuse me? Or in everyday life. That's a good question. I'm gonna take a minute before I answer this one. Why do I think people compare themselves to each other? I don't know. I'm gonna say what I think. I think like normally we are competitive beings. Sometimes in the good sometimes I feel competition is good because it pushes you to work harder. That's how I think of competition. But, you know, um, I don't even know what I'm going to say. But I just feel like we are competitive people. At times, it's good to be competitive, to like, you know, so that you can improve yourself and you can become better. Um, but on the downside, like, there's people who take it to a whole other level where there's like jealousy and strife, and they're like, if I can't be like this person, um, like I'm gonna kill myself, or I'm just gonna be sad and depressed, and you know. But I feel like we can always look at competition from a positive angle as how to be better. So I'm looking at them and I'm like, hmm, they're excelling. They're, I can ask them questions about like, how can I do this better? How can I excel at this and that? Like, if if whatever they're doing, maybe they're an influencer, they're a dancer, we can be like, okay, like, how did you get this many followers? How can I improve my content? What do you use for editing? Like. Just positive comparison, I'll say. Right, right, right. Because I think it's a fine line between sort of looking at the like using the positives of competition to help you versus looking at the negatives to sort of pull yourself down. Right? It's a it's a separation that is not that easy to make sometimes. And for that, I do think, and for that, I think you do need to sort of be aware of how your looking at certain things and sort of being aware of your thoughts i suppose um because yeah i mean i think some of it also comes from like an evolutionary sort of arc of us as humans and sort of competition and survival and all that sort of stuff um like if you were to look at it from the perspective of evolutionary psychology but it's still kind of interesting it's still kind of interesting why even though we know it can be bad we sort of still tend to do it and not necessarily Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's really hard not to compare, if we're going to be honest. We do, like, the average human will compare it to someone else. I just feel like it's something that's inborn in us, but we just have to make an attempt not to, like, you know, let it get get the best of us, I feel. 
Because when you see someone else walk through, you're going to be like, let's say a really pretty girl and she has the perfect features and she got her nose done and she got her hair done. And, you know, she looking real good. And I'm going to look at myself, I'm going to be like, hmm. You know, there's going to be that, you know, that slight moment, but you have to just, I feel like it's talking to yourself and just being like, hey, like, you know, cut it off. Or I'm just reminding yourself that you look good just the way you are or something like that. Just having that inner positive self-talk. Definitely, definitely. I see where you're coming from with that. I see where you're coming from. Um, transitioning more into sort of your journey at UCO, um, you were recently the Miss International UCO and you recently passed the crown down, right? So if you could talk to me about your experience of doing that and sort of, I guess, using that as a channel to bring your culture to to campus, what was that like for you as an experience as a whole? I mean, just going for the pageant, just competing in general was like pretty, it was really exciting to me, you know. I'm not going to call myself, like, I don't, I'm not going to say, some people say they're really competitive, I'm not. So I went in there just to like, what's a good way to say it? Just to, you know, for the experience, you know, for the experience and just, I mean, just like really, really amazing working with Samantha and all the other, how do we call the all the other contestants? Yeah, that was, it was really fun, like learning the dance routine, coming up with a platform, you know, Samantha really helped a great deal. Just like, I was really scared because do I have a good platform, you know, because you had to have a good platform to like, you know, maybe win the competition. So just coming up with a platform that was really like close to pride and being able to share a culture to like, you know, dressing up in your traditional wear. The dance I did was a traditional dance. So that was really fun. Even hosting IFES. Like, I'm going to say I'm introverted, extroverted. So like talking in front of a big crowd, I get kind of scared, you know, hold back. But, like, just hosting that event, too, was, like, really cool and just helped me. I feel like being international helped me step out of my bubble. And, like, just seeing the contestants after me prepare for me to hand over my crown to them. You know, I saw, the, I saw a lot of fear at the beginning. They were not confident. But when I saw them on stage, they brought their A game. And, like, that's, I feel like that's the essence of the pageant, just to show you that you're able to do what you never thought you could. You know, stand in front of the crowd and represent your country. So, yeah it's a wild experience i mean because i've also experienced it myself you know so it's interesting how you know like that journey of a pageant and also like in some sense you tend to meet new people it sort of it sort of helps you network i guess in some sense yeah if you want to put it that way yeah definitely like i still see all of them on campus and i say hi you know we're really cool so like expanded the people that I know so that was really nice mm, definitely 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 um, what are some things that you took away from that journey as like in terms of maybe lessons or some things that you could learn from generally speaking like maybe three to five lessons if you have that many or whatever you want to share about that okay 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 I'll say I learned how to be like bold you know mm. to be able to to be able to go out there and say all that like my heart was like, it was beating pretty fast, but, you know, I learned how to work with pressure. I learned how to be bold, and I learned how to be able to, I guess, bold and talking in front of the crowd is the same thing, you know, but just being being bold, being outspoken, um, working under pressure, and just how to relate to other people, because 
they were in a pageant and they had to treat every other person respectfully. So, yeah, those are like my three highlights. Awesome, awesome. Transitioning into like what you're studying right now in school and sort of what you want to do with it, you mentioned that you're studying uh, or your major is MIS, correct? Yeah. Right. So what, what, what gravitated you towards wanting to pick that up as a major? All right. It's a crazy story. I was an accounting major. Now, if you ask me why I wanted to do accounting, I didn't really have a clear path. But I know when I was like way younger, um, I remember like back home, someone was like saying, accounting is what's hot on the market. Accounting is making a lot of money. Yada, 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 yada. So that's how I was like, okay, I'm going to do accounting. And it just stuck with me from like, I'm going to say elementary because our schools are, our school classifications are different. So I'm going to, I'm thinking that was like middle school. No, not elementary, sorry. That's just should be that middle school, I believe. And it just stuck with me. So I came here and I was like, I'm doing accounting, I'm doing accounting, I'm doing accounting. And then I just took some two classes in accounting and I was just like, I don't think this is for me. Like, you know, I, you know, I was just like, I don't think this is going to work. And then I heard, I was going to do finance. And then I heard about MIS and how it has a tech side to it. And it's considered a STEM major. And I was just like, hmm, maybe I can try that. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not terrible at computers. And I know um, tech hot on the market right now so like you know just getting a background in education and undergrad in tech will be will set me up but i know like you don't have to also you don't have to go to school for tech you know you can take a lot of certifications here and there which will also like put you up there so that's how i was an accounting major before crazy switched mis you know i i like tech i don't really think i will cope in accounting with the numbers because i know when i just came when i came to college people were like you're in accounting? I was like, in accounting major, like, you're good with numbers. I was like, not really, but yeah. So I just think MIS is a better fit for me. Now that I'm going through it, you know, and taking the classes, I'm just like, this isn't bad at all. I think this is better for me compared to accounting because it's more of like, it's not really about the numbers, but if you don't know what to do with the numbers, you know, you're not going to pass classes. This is what I tell people, like, you have to understand, like, the concepts behind everything to be able to use the numbers correctly. And that wasn't working with me past accounting, too, so. Yeah, definitely. I think there's that assumption, right? Like, if you're a math major or, or like, a math-related major, like, a lot of the times the assumption is that you're good with numbers. But I'm curious to know, like, what was your sort of mind space when you were making that transition from accounting to MIS was it an easy switch to make or did it take a lot of thought and a lot of like like did it come with a lot of self-doubt and some challenges mentally before you made that change so how did you just navigate that if you'd like to yeah I mean of course it came with challenges like I have to explain to my mom to my mom why I'm switching my major and it's going to take me an extra semester you know it's going to cost me more I'm an international student too so it's kind of like you know my career path was really planned out. I was going to be a CPA with accounting. I was going to take the CPA exam. I was going to become a CPA, you know, just keep rolling. I had a plan all figured out. And then, and I get here and I'm just like, I don't think I want to do accounting. And I'm talking to her and she's like, are you sure? And she's like, she just wants to make sure, like, are you sure? And she asked me to talk because I have a cousin who did like finance. So I had to consult with him and he was like, you know, they're not trying to tell you what to do, but everyone keeps asking you, are you really sure? And then I know I met with the advisor for MIS and she told me he's going to take me an extra semester. 
And I'm like, that's not bad, you know, I'm not running, so an extra semester isn't bad at all. And it came with a lot of doubt because I was like, am I sure, am, am I going to like this new major? But I, I, I told myself, like, I have to graduate. There's no jumping around anymore because the more you shift, the more classes you kind of have to take. And, you know, it's it's more expensive. So I just told myself, hey, you get just one switch. So we have to make it count. And I'm hoping it counts because so grab my ass and I have to graduate in the next two semesters. So. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You said how you had this sort of template of okay this is what i'm gonna do and that's next and that's next and that's next and then after you moved here everything sort of changed so i'm just curious to know what you think oh sorry go ahead do you want to add to that i mean it didn't change until after like three years because i was still an accounting major for the for the big majority for like the past three years i kind of changed when i was about to become a a senior right right okay um, but yeah, my question was going to be from that sort of, uh, what you just said, I'm curious to know what you think about this. Can you, can we ever have a solid plan for the future? No. One thing I'm going to tell you is no. I've heard this from growing ups because I mean, there's no solid plan. You had people who went to college for like insane majors and they're doing like something else. They're content creators. You know, they're people who go to law school. And they come out and they want to do like psychology. Like, there's no clear path for the future. It's ever changing. You know, even in a doctor, you know, I know a doctor, I know his name, but he became a, com- a comedian. So it's like, there's no clear path. Even me doing MIS right now, it's just, I mean, I've already invested that much money. So I need to go ahead and get that degree. But there's no clear path for the future. That's what I have to say. You might have it figured out for, the, for like three years or so, but. It can change. It can change. Like change is constant. There's no clear path. That's what I have to say. Yeah, anything can jump on you. Like anything can happen, and you find yourself like maybe being an Uber driver for a minute, or you know, it's crazy. But yeah, there's no clear path. That's what I have to say. Cause I know I'm doing MIS. I don't think I'll. You know, I'm also trying to do my dance. So if my dance gets better. I will be like. 100% like a dance teacher or coach having my own like studio where I teach people how to dance cool cool uh, just to sort of expand on the topic that we were talking about why is it that we still try to make these solid plans in that case then I'm just curious to know what you think like why we try try to make the plans even though we know it's like subject to change yeah, like, why do we go in thinking that this is how we want it or this is how you're going to make it work? While in reality, we know that the it's you can sometimes face a lot of challenges and that it might not go the way that we want it to go. Why do you think that we still do that? I'm curious to know what you think. That's all. I mean, I feel like we still need a plan because if you don't have a plan, you're going to go like in so many directions. It's going to be crazy. You still need some kind of guidance and direction for your life. That's why I think you need a plan. You know, even getting a degree, you need it. You need a. You just need. I don't know. It's hard. I think it's hard picking when you're really young too, because you don't really know what you want to do. You don't know what you're interested in, but everything serves a purpose, I believe. So you know, whatever degree you feel like you want to get right now, whatever you think will be beneficial, I feel like you should do it. Then 
background and the foundation is really important. So it doesn't, I mean, just like the four years you spend in college and building yourself up, you know, just all that, it's, it forms you and shapes you and molds you into this person. So I, I just feel like, you know, you still need a plan, even though you don't know tomorrow, because if you don't have a plan, you're going to do every other thing. You're just going to be everywhere, and you don't want to be everywhere. You need to be somewhere. It helps you be more guided. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I see where you're coming from because, you know, you do, I guess from, from one perspective, you don't want to be running around like a headless chicken not knowing <laughs> what step to take next, you know? That's so good. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I understand where you're coming from in that sense. Um, but I think it's also like being able to sort of detach yourself from that plan, right? Like knowing that when you have to take a detour, you have to take a detour. Yeah. I think that's something that we tend to struggle with as humans too sometimes. I mean, that's hard, you know, especially like for me, growing up in the African community, if I went somewhere, I mean, it's changing a lot with my generation of people, but like, okay, let's, I'm going to talk about my aunt, who's like, you know, in her 40s. And I remember saying how I want to do something with dance and I want to maybe like have a dance studio because right now we used to go like for a dance class where we just used to do like some cardio and vibe to some african music and i was like i want to do that too and then she was just very quick to say it's going to be on the side right like that's not going to be your main job like you're not going to introduce yourself to people saying you're a dancer right like so they're just very against every other thing that is not a white collar job that is not a maybe a bsn medical doctor so um so yeah, that's why it can be hard, you know, the way you grew up, you know, it was being ingrained in if you were told like, hey, you have to be this and this and this, you can't be that, like you have to be this and that. So like, I feel like that's why it's hard. But coming up with our generation, we're encouraging our kids to do anything, you know, um, like people who do sports make so much money from doing sports. Well, that's an African, like, I'm going to say like an African parent, they're going to be like, hey, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a nurse. But to, um, like basketball players or football players, they make like I don't know how they make like so much more money compared to like no offense to anyone like a physician or like an, or just I'm just talking randomly, but we just need to encourage our kids to think outside the box. That's what I think. But after we're in, like, in this little box, and there's so much more possibility outside of that box. So that's why I feel it may be difficult for us to accept. Oh, like I can be a nurse anymore. I'm really good at content creating. Like I really. I'm really good at showing people how to dress up, you know, makeup on, just anything. So that's why I feel like it's difficult because of how we were raised and like you were told repeatedly, like, ah, nobody does that. You have to do this. You know, you have to do, you know, yeah. Yeah, I see where you're coming from because a lot of that happens in India too, you know, to where mm-hmm. parents would wish for their kids to take the more conventional route yes, of making their money and like sort of yeah or sort of making a career path or yeah yeah, sort of choosing your career so to speak but i guess that's the beauty of the world that we live in today right to where there's many different ways that we can make an income um through expressing our talents or be it whatever else there is out there in the world like you mentioned sports people make a ton of money like the soccer players that make 300 to 400 thousand dollars a week a that's week like, and that's people's salary it. for a year that's what i'm trying to right. I, told, I told my sister i'm like I'm, I'm trying to get all my kids into sports 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get them into sports. I'm getting them to be good at it. Good at sports, you know. Yeah, I guess there's a flip side argument to that by saying that it's mainly the top, I guess, two to three percent of those players that make that much money. I but anyway, to sort of, yeah, to sort of uh, wind down our conversation, since we sort of brought up the fact that we live in a more, I guess, um, open world in terms of the career paths and things that we have, what are some other positives that you take away from the world that we live in today? That's a that's a wide that's a broad question. I mean, you can explore it as you wish. Sure. Yeah. What are the positives that you take away from the world that we live in today? I mean, alright. One, I'll say the fact that like a random stranger, like there's still kindness. Like, you know, the fact that a random stranger can just, like, help people with difficulty rather than your own family member, like, someone that you've known for a long time is still, like, one of the wild factors. Like, you know, like, you never know who is going to help you in a time of need. That's one of them because I've experienced it, too. Number two, I'll just say, this question is tough. Um... I'll just say Jesus to me because my faith is really important. So Jesus, um, you know, Jesus just being here for me. There's something bigger than myself to believe in and look up to. Is, it's definitely a plus for me because it can get overwhelming if I rely just on precious, precious because precious will get tired. You know, I'm going to laugh in an area, but I just feel like, you know, just having someone else to look up to as your source of belief and strength for me is like amazing. Um, three, you're like, okay, uh, and just like community, you know, community, I'll say that's a big one because, you know, no one's an idol, an, an island, I'm just looking for the word, no one's an island, so just community, even if you have just one or two friends, there's still community, Some someone to do life with me. I'm not necessarily talking about a partner, that's a good deal, but I'm just talking about having friends or family or just some people to like check up on you and you check up on like my torture. So those are the three takeaways I have. Beautiful, awesome. Yeah, I love the fact that you mentioned uh, how faith helps you and also the fact that we can rely on a community to sort of help ourselves in many ways that's yeah, awesome um, thank you so much for answering all the questions i had precious i really appreciate sure. it we, yeah, yeah we're gonna transition into the oh i'm glad i'm glad you had fun we're gonna transition into the word association game called bish bash bosh where basically i'll give you five different words one at a time and you have you have to respond to each word in three other words or three other phrases um, for those of you who are new around here and listening to the podcast for the first time, I also have clips of these um, segments go on the Instagram page at Random Relatability. Uh, so if you want to check those out, you can always um, click the link in the description to the Instagram page and check that out. Um, but yeah, before we get, uh, or without further ado, let's get into the first word, differences. What are the three things that call out to you when you hear that word? Uh. God, this is like thinking on the spot. I don't think I'm good with that. Okay, you said differences. And I have to make sentences or come again? It can just be words. It can just be words, like the three words that come to you first, like three words that are just floating in your head. 
as you when hear, I the, hear word the word differences. differences. Correct. Um, uh, differences. Looking at like racial inequality, and I hear differences. Racial inequality, um, differences. Just like the human race, like how we're all we're all different and unique in our own way. So the human race, um, differences, differences. Um, maybe like um, differences, like when you have a struggle with someone, or you can you guys have a, like difficulty relating to each other. Differences. So awesome. Uh, the second word is nuance. What are the three things that float in your head when you heard the word nuance? Okay, I'm gonna need some definition just to make sure I'm on point. What's sure. Uh, well, it's I don't have the exact definition. I can probably try looking it up. Uh, yeah. But in like to sort of explain it, um, it's the existence of gray. Because a lot of the times we see things in binary, we see things as just black and white. But then there is a lot of gray. Like there is a lot of subtlety in the world that we don't necessarily observe. Like that is what nuance means. Okay. Uh, so it's not just one or the other. There's a lot in between that we probably don't see. Okay. I need to expand my vocab. Okay. When I hear, I hear trouble because I think a nuance is like something you want to like maybe get rid of. So I'm hearing like trouble, disagreement. Interesting. Okay. okay. <laughs> I hope it's. I hope that's what I picked up from like your definition. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. Again, that's whatever you whatever comes to your mind is what you can share. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Uh, uh, I don't really know. Time out. <laughs> okay. No worries. No worries. It's okay. We're going to transition into the third word, which is learning. What are the three things that call out to you when you hear oh the word God. learning? Learning. New. Fresh. Um, refined. Um, new opportunity. Um, growth. Like, so I could say, like, I could go on and on. Learning is amazing. Awesome. The fourth word is empathy. Um, just putting yourself in someone's shoes. Putting yourself in someone's shoes. Um, understanding someone, not just on the surface, but going to take a moment to go deeper. Um, compassion. Just, you know, being compassionate. Um, uh, reaching out. So, like, helping someone, you know, so that's what I have for empathy. Gotcha. And the last word for this segment is similarities. Hmm, that's a good word. Similarities. Similarities. Um, I feel like a, com- a focal point or a common, yeah, focal point, I'll say that. What brings us together, and um, what makes us united? You know, what makes us be stronger? That's what I'll say. What makes us united? What makes us one? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for playing along on this segment of this past Bosch Precious. Just two more questions before we're done. Well, the last one's not really a question, but the first one is: um, How do you relate to people? How do I relate to people? I need more context. Like, your questions, I feel like they're really broad. 
I mean, the reason why it's broad is because I want you to explore it the way you want to explore it. So, how do you choose to relate to people? It's, I mean, everybody does it differently. So, however you want to explore it. I think I choose to relate to people with kindness and, you know, um, with the, by the golden rule. So, treating them the way I would want to be treated. You know, just giving out what I want to see in the universe. I'll say it's, it's many things. It's kindness. It's the golden. The, I feel like the golden rule pretty much sums everything up. Just treating them the way I would want to be treated. That's how I try to relate with almost everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the last question, like I said, is not really a question, but it's more of a parting thought. So if there's anything you'd like to share with the listeners and watchers, um, feel free to do so. The floor is yours. Hmm. Uh, I'm even on the spot. I don't know what to say. Um, if you want to share just your socials, you can mention that as well or okay. mention a parting thought, whatever, whatever you choose to do. All right. Um, Okay, so my Instagram, I'm going to shout out my Instagram. My Instagram is callme underscore bola p. So y'all go ahead and follow me and like my videos. You know, I'm an aspiring dancer and content creator. What, what do I have to close up saying? There's so much hope and there's so much hope in the world. Even though everything looks bad right now, just don't give up and just like persist and you're going to make it through. So my final... St- like what I'm saying it's like don't give up you got this awesome that's a beautiful note to close off on I'll make sure to link um, Precious's Instagram in the description of the show notes Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time to do this I really appreciate you wanting to answer all of these broad questions um, and sort of sharing your perspective on a lot of these things so thank you so much Precious I really appreciate it Thank you too. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. You know, I've been thinking about starting my own podcast. So this kind of gave me like, you know, a view of, because I want to talk on relationships. I love to talk and just learn about relationships. So this gives me like some kind of insight as to what I was going to call my podcast. And I know the girl I want to start it with, she lives in like Germany. So just, you know, learning about this platform. So just thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, of course, of course. And good luck to you on that, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you. for those of you listening, of course, of course. And for those of you listening and watching, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to follow Precious on our social media channels. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Bye.